You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday morning. And I'm super delighted to turn to our next topic and guest of today. We're looking ahead to Movember, which is a global campaign all about men's health. And I'm really delighted to be joined by familiar face and voice of Radio 3. We've got the host of All Being Well and also Sports Fix Radio 3's very own Ben Cullen, who is aiming to to do something really amazing for Movember. Um, and I'd love for our listeners to join us on Facebook Live if they can. Uh, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. Ben, welcome on the program. Thank you so much for joining us. I am delighted to be here. It's nice to see you. And uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk about A, Movember and B, what I'm doing. It's amazing. I mean, I wanted to intro, but I thought it's better coming from you. Before we talk about that, what's your understanding of Movember? How did you first get involved? Uh, So, I mean, this goes back a long time ago where it started out of Australia. I'm a rugby fan and, and former rugby player. And the Australian rugby team would play against teams in Europe during November. And then the rugby players who were my idols would have these moustaches. And every year they'd have more and more ridiculous moustaches. And I think that's where it first started for me. And then we started to grow moustaches in the rugby team. But as far as from a fundraising and campaign point of view, that has only happened since I moved to Hong Kong. And in the last four or five, I think I've been doing it for five years now, have I actively... um yeah, raised funds and, and, and raised awareness. And then this year, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pushing it even further and, and, and doing something big. Yeah. Uh, is that the beginning of a mustache I'm seeing? And, you know, I've got to say, it's not ridiculous. And, and it's great because it really is a conversation starter. Something so simple. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, are you trying to grow? Are you growing one at the moment? No, this this is just my uh, my daily <laughs> look. Rough- Look, um, but I'm, I'll, I'll be clean shaven. Uh, I can I can go on and tell you more uh, shortly. But next Friday we've got a, a launch event for our campaign, and uh, we've got the uh, barbers coming down to to clean wet shave me next Friday, which is cheating a little bit because it's October the twenty eighth. Um, but it seems fitting that we get shaved at, at at the event. So no, it it'll it will grow into a mustache, and I'm not cheating. I know you're going to document it, um, and and you know just week by week, day by day. Yeah, I think it'll. I don't know about day by day. I don't have the the facial hair that some blokes do. Uh, I imagine it being more of a like a maybe every four or five days. Excellent documentation. Okay. We'll be following you for, for sure. So Thank tell you. our listeners what you'll be doing this year to raise funds for Movember. All right. So a few years ago, uh, I was part of a gym and they, as a community, were trying to row a certain amount of meters. I can't remember what it was what it was, but a cumulative amount. And so I just started getting on the rower. I'd never done much rowing. I sort of enjoyed the, it's this, it's not comfortable. It's tedious, but the, at the end of it comes, you know, a, a feeling of accomplishment. So I spent longer and longer on the rower throughout the month of November and then chose on the last day, the 30th of November, I was going to row a marathon. Um, but all this happened as the month went on. I had no plan. But I still managed to raise $66,000 with not a lot of effort, really. Um, so I was like, well, what, what can we do if we do something big? So we've gone to the other level. I say we. I've got a partner. His, his name's uh, George Fleming. He's my rowing partner. He's my best mate. And we're going to be rowing one million meters 
to try raise one million dollars across the month of of November. So we're we're taking two rowers across different iconic Hong Kong locations. So we're doing twenty locations in in just over thirty days. We're starting at the AIA um, Ferris wheel, and we'll be moving to. Um, yeah, either we're going to go up to the Buddha, we'll be doing it at the peak, we're going to be um, also amazing at the Hong Kong Stadium. Um, so we've got uh, yeah, we've got 20 rough places and down at Stanley and Repulse. And the idea behind taking the rower to different places is to make some noise, generate more foot traffic for A, hopefully more donations. But what I've come to realize over the last few weeks is B, more importantly, you just raise the conversation because it's not all about money. Um I don't need to give you money for you to understand men's health. You can share it with your partner, your friends. They can then check themselves and whatnot. That doesn't cost any money. So the, the, that, that's what's become more of a focus after spending time with other people raising money for November over the last few weeks. Absolutely, because time and time again on, on Radio 3, um, previously on the 123 show and now brunch, we, we talk a lot about health in general. We talk a lot of, about women's health. Men's health we also talk about, but it's not really talked amongst men themselves so much. If I have a problem, you know, with my boobs or something, I'm, I'm quite happy to talk to my girlfriends about it and, and we'll talk about, oh, have you done any breast screening or anything? Men, I, I haven't, I mean, we've invited men on the program before. I mean, Ben, you're a guy. Do you, do you and your friends often talk about, you know, your own body and, and health with each other? No, I do think the conversation around mental health is growing, even amongst my peer groups where there's lots of like stand up guys who are tough guys and whatnot. That is changing. Um, I say that I'm in a position where I don't think I've experienced, um, mental you know you know tough mental health i've had bad days like everyone but I've, i don't believe i've ever gone into the dark places that people talk about so amongst my friends that's changing as far as testicular cancer and prostate cancer goes which are the two other elements that november tackles that is not spoken about at all amongst any of my peer groups and uh we've part of mine and george's campaign is we've put together a lot of content and last night we did we recorded two podcasts, and uh, one is with uh, a, a three-times testicular cancer survivor. His name was Graham, and he first found his first issue at, at 27. Wow, and, so young. Yeah, he sort of he sort of just you know was was just regularly washing himself, and and thought that felt feels unusual. What he did that most blokes don't do is he tackled it straight away. He was like, "I'm going to the doctor tomorrow," and he did found out three months later via an ultrasound that he had stage one testicular cancer and he was able to survive. This happened multiple times. He's three times survivor. Um, so having that conversation with him last night has now completely changed my outlook about it all, having spoken to someone who's gone through it. Absolutely. We've spoken to somebody also with testicular cancer and he was 35. Thankfully, mm -hmm. he survived it. And then another one with prostate cancer, you know, very late, late 30s, early 40s. So it's completely shifted, you know, my own understanding of prostate cancer that it doesn't affect, you know, older guys in their 80s, you know, granddads. It can affect, you know, our fathers or even partners or brothers. Yeah. Uh, even to, to follow on from what I said about Graham there, he's now, I don't, I think he's late forties, but because he's gone through these previous issues, but he's survived them. He, he went as tough as it goes. He had chemotherapy and he lost all his hair and he went to those places. Uh, he now has regular screening because he's been through cancer. He, they've just found out that it's likely that he 
has prostate cancer right now. So he's got to go for um, a biopsy in a few weeks. And I was like, how are you feeling? He's like, I'm feeling good. I know early. I know right now. He's like, it's better than me finding out in a year or two years. He's like, most people don't know, don't find out. So his attitude is, I might have it. It doesn't matter. It's early. I've already beat it three times. So, so to listen to him speak like that, I was like, well, everyone needs to go get checked. Everyone needs to, to, to be aware of it even. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's better to know now the earlier the better. Um, what is the barrier in your opinion? Is it because some men feel more sort of shy or is it just that, that, that mentality? It's not going to happen to me. Why isn't it sort of more um, uh, acceptable to, to, you know, to do a body check or to talk about these things? I think it's a combination of everything you said. One is definitely it's not going to happen to me. But it's the second, prostate cancer is the second most affected cancer in men. So why do you think it's not going to happen to you? So it's a, it's a terrible way of looking at it, but it is the way men maybe are. And I think it's the fear of the unknown. What if I do have it? Then I, then I have to, to deal with it. Um, then what Graham said, it's better to know now than six months down the line. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think, it, I think it's a case of, of, of being fearful that you might might have it which is again it's just it's not a good way to 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 view it and i think my message moving forward is i'm going to be just echoing what graham said um i certainly you know i I certainly went home and and checked last night because i'm like well why aren't i checking and graham's like you don't do it you don't do it every day you you maybe do it every month it's once in a while and if anything feels unusual or you, you need to attack it early and you need to face it because that's why he's still here and he had many complications. Um, he has two, um, you know, prosthetic now because <laughs> they Good both had him. to get removed. But he's got two children. And he's like, I maybe wasn't here, but I've got two twin boys. I've got twin boys here because I faced the- it quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really profound week for me, actually, where, where you meet someone who's, you know, we can read things about November and I can tell you. But listening to Graham tell me firsthand about his like 20 years you know 20 20 years is wild to have gone through that three times and he's still facing issues but he's got such an upbeat way of looking at it it's like you got to face it you got to attack it i'm so glad that interview had such a profound effect on you and and thank you for sharing this with our listeners and it's true we're we're similar that we're in this industry where when we talk to these people we sort of filter it back to our friends and a few years ago i also asked my male friends why aren't you guys getting checked you know you know prostates are very important and 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 they were like i think i think on the lines of they were embarrassed because of the procedure but can i just put it out there you know there are there are blood tests these days to check your psa levels you know and sure yeah it can be a bit daunting the thought of you know a professional doctor with the gloves and you know putting a finger up your bottom to feel your prostate but it's a quick procedure and to be honest if that saves your life i'll do it you know yeah it's it's and there are other blood tests available a, a sort of simpler way these days if if you're more were concerned about the more conventional method, even though that's quite a accurate way. Yeah, he spoke about. So the, the first part is he found out about his is the issues he's about to face via the PSA test. That was how he found out. Um, and then yeah, when he went to the, he told us a pretty funny story about he had this doctor in Scotland for he was his GP all his life. Uh, his name's Doctor Love, and then just. So happened the following week, there was a, a different Dr. Love who was a locum doctor 
Um, and he was like, what are the chances there's another Dr. Love? And he was like, his doctor was a 50 year old, you know, aging male. He had no problem. This, this other Dr. Love was a 25 year old lady who was, who was locum. And he was like, I was embarrassed, but she was the one Very that perfect. sent him for the ultrasound. She's just doing a job. She sees it every day. And you've got a, that's, that's a, a personal fear that, that you just have to, um, brush aside because to them, it's, they're just, they're just doing their job. They're not thinking anything. Exactly. And if it saves your life, if, if you can have early detection, then really put aside that fear and that worry, because like like your guest, Graham, said, it's better to find out now. That's so profound than to find out six months or a year down the line when it's, you know, late. Significantly different. Yeah. And uh, and then to and sorry to, to go back to to the mental health part of it, what what he was saying was that, you know, this is 20 years ago and, you know, they, they really didn't talk about it. And he was like, it was important that. His father was the one wheeling him into the hospital because he couldn't walk. So the mental health struggle that he was going through was tough enough. And he said the only way he found the way through was he had to keep his sense of humor. And he thinks that the other people around him really suffered mentally, not just him. Um, so it's important that, that his, you know, he's encouraging, he thinks it didn't happen, but he's encouraging people to go through it. You're supporting it. Uh, network needs support it's not about just you it's about your mother your partner your children even for his his father's state so yeah the conversation around all three parts is is, is really important because there's a sense of burden for, for for the person going through it you know to worry that the burden falls on the other people's shoulders and so they're worried about that and then the carers who don't want to show their worry um and then that also can exacerbate and and amplify into some sort of anxiety you're absolutely right the carers also need care as well. Um, just coming up to the 11 o'clock news, Ben, uh, very quickly, back to this amazing feat that you and your best friend George are doing, one million meters uh, to raise one million Hong Kong dollars. Um, how can we support you? And have you been doing any special training to get yourselves ready for this feat? Great questions. Um, well, firstly, we, we do have a social page, which is million.meter.men on Instagram, and you'll find our, our donation page from there. We're, we're documenting the whole journey we've documented the last six weeks we have gone through training um long story short there was a guy who helped some gents row the atlantic we tapped him up for some advice and he went from advice to him saying i'll see you on monday i don't think you realize what you've signed yourself up for so we've been training with this guy called dave for the last six weeks he's put us through our paces and we're ready to hit the start line next week Amazing. Well, I wish you all the best and we can't wait to support you. And uh, we will definitely be following your journey. All the best. And uh, we look forward to following you on social media. Ben, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Noreen. I'll see you soon.